Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Met Spectro through the multiverse! everyone. Hello and thanks for coming back for another episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. As always, I'm your host, Matt Spectro, wishing you all happy holidays and a happy new year. I know it's been a few weeks, but uh, we're coming back celebrating the holidays into the Christmas verse, if you would. Christmas is still Christmas. Oh, Christmas isn't just a day. It's a frame of mind. I am Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime superhero fan, lifetime animation fan. And this is the podcast that talks comic books and talks animation. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're all having a happy holiday. Welcome to episode 114. I'm going to briefly explain our rules. Then we're going to bring our guests. Now it's been a while, so uh, rule number one, comic books, animation, that's the topic of this podcast. Rule number two, I am a big fan of the old team-up comic books. DC Comics presents Brave and the Bold Marvel Team-Up. So it's a team-up podcast. Me and a special guest teaming up every week. And third and uh, most important, we got to have fun. And the fourth rule, technically, we're talking Christmas. Without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest out here. He's uh, full of Christmas spirit. Hasn't been on the show in a while. Welcome back, the one, the only, Ray. Merry Christmas. 114 episodes, Tarzan? That's a lot of damn episodes. Do you remember the last episode I was on? Do you have that written down somewhere? You did. uh, You came on and we talked Batman Hush. Yeah. Episode 96, right? (laughs) I'd have to look that up, my Um, No, it was 96, I think. And then uh, Scotty and I did the Turtles, right? Yes. And uh, you came on once and talked to the Green Arrow. Oh, that's right. Oh, so I think this is my fourth appearance. This is your fourth appearance here at the multiverse. Now, at what point do I start getting royalties? <laughs> there, uh, my we're working out the details. We yep. just uh, started uh, getting the revenue. You know how it is; you don't start collecting until a couple of months uh, after you've produced. So, uh, w- w- our people will call your people. I hope so. This will be my last time if I don't start getting at least uh, some kind of a cut on these shows. Now, uh, thanks for joining us as we kick off our uh, Christmas celebration. I got to say, I was uh, surprised. I I didn't take you for the type to enjoy the holidays. Well, I I have children, as you know now, and uh, that that helps. That helps soften you up a little bit, even as a youngster. I mean, I I always liked Christmas, but this here is one of my uh, uh, favorite holidays, probably my favorite. I know a lot of people kind of like Halloween. They like to be weirdos and be different. I like Halloween. Yeah, okay. Uh, Christmas is probably the best holiday overall. Uh, you get that feel. Everybody feels nice and, and, and does nice things. and it's, it's a good month. Solid month. I like it. Well, I always ask this on our holiday episodes. Do you have a favorite Christmas film or Christmas television special or a favorite Christmas episode of a TV show? Uh, so uh, what we're going to cover today would probably be uh, up there. My favorite uh, movie would be scrooged that would be my favorite uh, holiday movie um and favorite other than the one we covered today would be garfield christmas big fan of garfield christmas except for a little bit it's kind of a bummer it's a little bit of a bummer that the one they go back to john's family on the farm yeah and they look uh and they look at the granddad who's since passed and it's a it's a, and they read some letters it's a bummer it's a little bit of a bummer but it's still good it's garfield that's before we get into it uh we're going to hit a feature that we didn't have the last time you were on the show. Okay. So this will be a first time for you. Uh, we're going to do the section of our show where we do trivia. Oh. Now. Okay. Our, our guests have been pretty hurt this with uh, getting these trivia rights. I have to give a little context to uh, your your trivia question. Yeah. Is it trivia right now? Yes. We're going to kick off with trivia. That's odd. That's odd? Can I make a suggestion? Sure. The fire away. All right, maybe 
switch the trivia around for the guests so you don't put that much pressure on them. Uh, not me, of course. I fly high all the time, Johnny Boy. But I'm saying in the future, maybe for some other guests, move it around. That's just a suggestion. Where would you put it in the show, then? At the end. <laughs> right? Or, you know, give them the option. When do you want it? Hey, when do you want it? So, um, uh, the context of our trivia. The beginning is what I would give. That would be my answer. Okay. <laughs> Can I continue? or is Absolutely. That a... <laughs> All right. The context is a friend of the show, a, a mutual acquaintance of ours. Uh-huh. One Jamie J. Mikowski. He's been on the show several times. In fact, he's coming up very soon for a Christmas episode. A lot of time uh, on his hands. He is the show's Batman expert. Oh, well. Something that you uh, you take exception to. A bit. A bit. I don't know what gives him uh, that, that right to say that, but uh, go on. So, we're going to challenge. We're going to see if you are the expert. We're going to do some Batman trivia. Okay. It's odd. Is it Batman Christmas trivia? No. Okay. Well, that no. makes suggestion. Oh, no, I'll go on. You, you are... <laughs> yes, I normally make the trivia about the topic of the show, uh-huh. but because that's why I gave context. Excellent. <laughs> we're doing the Batman trivia. Understood. Feel free. Now, please. He had three Batman questions. He got all three correct. So okay. the, you're going to have to put your phone away, but I think you can answer phone is away. <laughs> three Batman trivia questions. Yeah. Okay. You're How right. long do I have? You, you, there's not a lot of pressure. Obviously, I, I don't want my podcast to go on and on and on. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, you just challenged me as a man, uh, and then you tell me not a lot of pressure. So, go on. Not, I mean, I don't feel pressure, like I said in the beginning of this. I don't I don't think these, like his questions, uh, I, he only had one question I thought was hard. So, uh, I think these are going to be easy. But, are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. All right. Question one. What is the first Batman film that gave creator credit to Batman co-creator Bill Finger? Uh, I think that's going to be uh, that, the, uh, the one with Jim Carrey. You're saying officially your answer is Batman Forever? Batman Forever is my answer, yeah. Well, <laughs> hold on. Now, what did I say? You said that uh, you needed more time. Well, I'm. I, I I was asking you. Is that the one? Is Batman Forever? Is Jim Carrey in Batman Forever? That was more my question. So you weren't answering the question. You were asking. <laughs> yes, Jim Carrey was in Batman no. Forever. So okay. you're saying that's not your official. That was answer? my question. That was my final question <laughs> to you. Was was Jim, was Jim Carrey in Batman Forever? This has nothing to do with. Could you repeat the question? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to let it go because Jamie got some hints on some of the later questions. Oh, wait, you gave hints? I didn't Uh, know hints were a thing. Well. Excuse me. He didn't get a hint on his first question. Well, who knows what his first question was? (laughs) Does Batman have cowls? What is the first film that gave Batman creator credit to Batman co-creator Bill Finger? Uh, I don't This is, I don't know. This is the first film? I know it's not the film. Yeah. It's not the first time he's ever been credited, and it's not the first Batman credit to his name, but it's the first movie that actually gave creator credit to Bill Fink. Probably, uh, it's not the one with Jim Carrey. I know that, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, you tricked me on that one. I had been, I'd been thinking about, was it Dark Knight? Is this your official answer? I'm not gonna. (laughs) The Dark Knight is my official answer to this question. All right, that's fair. I, I might have slipped this one up. This is easy, easy slip up. Go ahead. What, what, what was it? The first film to credit Bill Finger for creating Batman would be Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh, that's a terrible movie. Sixteen, seventeen. This is a bad movie. It, it has its moments. It's a bad movie. Go on. Next. All right. The next one, the Batman TV show. You're familiar with that? Uh, which one? Cartoon or uh, live? Live action from the 60s. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, every couple of days I watch that. Well, one of Jamie's questions was about that show, so I thought only fair I'd make one of your questions about the show as well. Uh-huh. What Batman villain had the most appearances on the Batman 60s live action television show? Now, now, is this uh character? Because I know it was played, there's a couple of different characters that played, say, 
Catwoman? Is this is this characters yeah. or what? Yes, not the villain, not the actor, but what villain made their most appearances on the '60s Batman television show? Is this Jamie's question? No, he had a different question about. I tried to make your questions different than his. This was not the question he had. I think was it Penguin? Penguin sounds like that could be it. I, I think. Ding, 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 ding. Thank you. You are correct. <laughs> the Penguin. Yeah, and I'll tell You're... you why. All right, let's hear it. Burgess Meredith. I mean, he seems like a guy they probably want to have on a lot. He appeared 20 episodes of the original show, beating out the Joker by one episode. Right. Yeah, that sounds... I, I was going to go through that for you, but yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> Where are you gonna go? Cesar Romero. Uh, the one. Yeah, I was going to let everybody know the, the list, but... You did a good job with that. Go ahead. Next question, please. So you're 50-50. Well, I think I was a little screwed on the first question, but go on. First of all, come on. I'm sorry. 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 Go on. It's your show. It's your barbecue. I'm just here. What Batman villain was created by Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan with some ideas borrowed from the late, great Denny O'Neill? Oh. I need a hint. Give me a, uh, give me a tiny hint. Well, I picked this because it was more your error, right? Because I think I know, but I I don't want to I don't want to just. I'm trying to think of a hint that's. If if <laughs> if the great Jamie got hints, God, please give me a little something. Uh, I'm trying to think of a hint that's not going to make it too obvious here. I think I know it, but go ahead. He's not even a Silver Age villain. If that, I'll tell you that much. So. Bane. Ding, 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 ding. Thank you. <laughs> I, t- I thought it was originally. It feels like a question you throw up my alley. We're gonna go, go, yeah. It was more your error of Batman. So I, yeah, that's true. It is. It is. Yes. It is. Chuck Dixon, Graham Nolan created Bane, borrowing stories from the Venom storyline that Denny O'Neill had done in Legends of the Dark Knight. Yeah, right. Yep. Yep. I want to point out I got the '60s question right too, <laughs> so I don't know about my era very much. So now Jamie went three for three. He did three for three. So you you did pretty good. You only got one more right than how you. many hints did he get though? <laughs> Well, you know, one might argue with the hints that uh, you're on a level playing field. Okay. He took a lot longer to answer his questions. He slipped you in a cash. I didn't cheat, by the way. I want to let you know that. I did not <laughs> cheat, uh, obviously, because I got the first one wrong. If I was going to cheat, I'd just cheat it for all of them. Uh, but I didn't do that, no. Uh, but it kind of wish I did, since Jamie probably did a little cheat on his own. I don't know if I trust him. But I yeah, go ahead. It's fine. I originally debated giving you the exact same three questions, but I couldn't oh. you had heard the episodes. Can I? Uh, well, I, I have. I've heard most of them. I've heard 113 episodes, I think. <laughs> You've heard every, every one, huh? Every single one. Now, I can't remember off the top of my head because I got a lot going on in life, but could you, could you give me one of his questions? I'm not going to answer it. I just want to hear it. Okay. He had a question about the TV show. He had a question about a comic story from the 80s. Ooh, okay. And he had a question about... The Silver Age. Give me the 80s comic question. All right. Uh, I don't know the year off the top of my head, but uh, the story Death in the Family. Oh, go on. Had very unique circumstances surrounding the character of Jason Todd. Correct. What were those circumstances? They killed him off at the end of the comic. They gave people the chance to call it. That's such an easy one. You (laughs) gave him that question? Of course I got that right. That's hilarious. I always start with an easy one, and then you uh, didn't start. I, I... Wait, hold on a second. What? His first one is one of the biggest softballs in the history of softballs. Mine was when did they give credit? What movie did they give credit to a writer? Get the heck out of here! Well, it's not just a writer; it's the co-creator of Batman. That's not even in the same ballpark. Not close. Not close. I understand what's going on here. Well, I was I set up. The... I was set up from the beginning. The Bane question was just as easy as... Uh, well, as, uh, that's debatable. I mean, <laughs> that's the, not not even close. But I, but it's fine. So so I'm three for, three for four. I'll, I'll give you enough that with the hints and the, the level of questions not being exactly the same, that you guys are... You're still on a level playing field. Okay. And I just... I would like to point out he answered three, right? He had three as well, yeah. And I answered three, so... Well, you technically answered two, but... Uh, you got three out of four. I there you go. <laughs> three out of four ain't bad. So we're going to switch it over to Christmas. All time. One day we're going to have you both on and we're going to do all Batman and we'll, we'll, we'll solve this once and for all. He's been ducking me <laughs> for 10 years. Um, now, 
we decided this is Christmas, and I, I kind of gave it up to you, and uh, you surprised me with what we're going to talk about. Yep. So uh, I don't know you, why. Uh... I keep saying that. You make <laughs> me you feel sure? like a miserable person. <laughs> what you picked and why you picked it. So I picked up uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. I picked it because, like I said in the beginning, this is probably my favorite. I don't know. It is probably my favorite Christmassy, other than Scrooge. And it could be nostalgia because this came out in like when I was a little kid, probably 19. Well, I mean, I don't know. It came out in 1983. I, w- I probably wasn't born. I think like I was born another 10 years or so. But it, it, in 1983, great movie, TV show, Mave TV series. It's only 25 minutes, which probably with commercials and things like that, they stretched it out to 45 or so when they aired it. But yeah, love it. Love it. Very now, nostalgia feels. Some people would say it's a cheat because it's not technically based on a comic book. How would you respond to that? Uh, I am, was told the. Uh, off air that I wasn't allowed to say certain things so I'll just say uh, that's fair people allow their opinions <laughs> alright yes we are talking Mickey's Christmas Carol we're going back to 1983 based on uh, obviously the classic Charles Dickens story from 1843 I believe Hold on. 1843 check your numbers on that I, I want to make sure that's right yeah, 1843, Good. the classic Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. In my opinion, maybe the most retold story in the history of literature. Yeah, probably. I would say uh, Dracula and uh, Cinderella are probably the only two things that come close. I mean, I don't That's It's been told a lot. I've seen myself, I mean, 10 different versions. I mean, you could probably name without even thinking at least five different versions off the top of your head. So that's probably close. Yeah, I mean, when something is public domain, it tends to just get done over and over and over again. I, I argue that shouldn't be, but some people have the opinion of, well, if you can do it. I don't think just because you can do something, you necessarily should do something. I, I've seen a couple of weird ones that I've, uh, I, 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 I kind of agree with that. It waters it down, saturates it a little bit. But you know what? I've seen so many different versions of this that I like all of them. I'll be honest, and and I'm not being, I'm not, I don't want to be a miserable person and say uh, that I don't want to see more Christmas Carol stories. I do, I do. I've seen, uh, I've seen this live at least five times, maybe, maybe six or seven. Yeah, I've seen numerous plays. I was in a play in junior high of uh, Christmas Carol. In fact, who did you play? I was the ghost of Christmas Present. Oh, so you had some serious lines. I, I did. Yeah, I take you for a ghost of Christmas Future. All right, I could see that. And for some reason, they had me dressed up completely ridiculous now that I think of, uh, now that I'm remembering it. Like, I had a Hawaiian shirt on and a big silver wig, and uh, it was. I wish I had. (laughs) Yes, I wish I had photographs. Oh, well, they did not have photos back then, correct? That was 18. (laughs) All right, don't be like your, don't act like your buddy Scotty. Don't be be that guy. Low hanging fruit. I apologize. After I gave you those softball Batman questions, that's how you. Uh, <laughs> so sure anyway, those. This is, all right. <laughs> the Walt Disney Company released this uh, December sixteenth, nineteen eighty-three. They re-released the film The Rescuers to the movie theaters, and you saw this before. Oh no! Shit! It was like a Roger Rabbit thing. Exactly. Got it. Now this is the first original Mickey cartoon in over thirty years. Uh, the last one before this had been called The Simple Things, released in 1953. So it was kind of a big deal, the first Mickey Mouse short in 30 years, even though I argue that it's uh, it's not much of a Mickey Mouse story. It's not a Mickey Mouse story for many reasons, and I don't know, maybe we'll touch on them. Maybe we'll touch on them, but I, don't, I agree. I, I agree with you there. Now it's directed by a Bernie uh, Madison. Madoff. Yeah. This is actually an adaptation in 1973 or four. They had released an audio record, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, really? uh, Yeah. And this was an adaptation of that. Okay. A couple of uh, little changes. Mm -hmm. The audio book, Merlin from the Sword and the Stone plays the ghost of Christmas past. All right. And the old hag from Snow White played the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Interesting. Interesting. I would not have picked her. 
Well, I don't know if her voice is distinct enough. Like, I would pick her visually, but audio-wise, I don't know if it, I would automatically hear the voice and think the queen. I would have picked Eartha Kitt. Okay, okay, I can see that. I don't know why Eartha Kitt would be the queen of... Why, why Not the queen. Why would she be in a Disney audiobook adaptation of Christmas Carol? Uh, very wide scale. She she could do anything. She's, she's a great actress. And her voice... Is, is perfect for this. This is the first person I thought of, so I think that would have been better. Well, yes, but a lot of people are great actresses. You wouldn't put them on a Disney record, is it necessary? <laughs> I mean, you put anybody on a Disney record, you have some money. It's a perfect person for it. Why not? Um, now, when this was developed, uh, they originally had intended it to be a primetime special on CBS. No. Over time, it developed into the uh, theatrical release. Um. It's also, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short. See? It's actually the first time Mickey had been nominated since 1948. Mickey and the Seal. I remember that one. Two, you do remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was one where he, there was a, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a seal in that one and him and they kind of do different, it's like an adventure one. I don't want to get into it now, but I think that's what it was about. Did this release right. in other countries? Yeah, in the UK. It was released with the a re-release of the Jungle Book. Oh, it came out. Okay. It seems like very long to be in front of a movie. Yeah, like 25 minutes. Usually as short as like 7 to 12 minutes. Right, right. It's a long wait. And um, you know what, though? You're getting banged for your buck. Just movies were probably like $3 back then, and you're getting all this. So, I mean, to some of our younger listeners and a lot, this wouldn't seem like anything to them, but it's a big deal because... Uh, not only then, you couldn't just access any Disney movie whenever you wanted. Right. Mickey, like I said, he hadn't been in a cartoon shirt in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Or a show, movie, nothing. So it was kind of a big deal. Now, uh, John Lasseter also worked on this as well. And I don't know if you know who that is. but uh, Of course, I do. He's very prominent in Pixar later on. Yep. Uh, he directed the first Toy Story, for example. Co-creator, yep. Yep. So uh, I know he ha- he's on the outs with them now, but you know he'd done a lot of work at you could argue Pixar never would have happened without the guy. I would. Had you watched this recently, or is this something you just remember from your childhood? No, I, wa- I watch it every year, uh, and I did watch it recently, uh, so I was up to speed on it. But yeah, I, I put in time. There's a few different Christmas movies, like uh, Home Alone I, and Scrooge, this. I put in time every year to watch. And uh, technically, there's been plenty of Mickey Mouse comic strips and comic books, so I, I think it's close enough to count. I thought it was. I, you know what? I thought it was perfect. And you know what? When TV shows have Christmas specials, they usually are a little different, a little weird. Tell me one Roseanne special uh, that wasn't a little weird from the regular show. No, you, you're probably right about that. When I was doing my research, yep, I found a. Uh, I found the old the Siskel and Ebert review of this from 1983. All right, let's hear it. Two thumbs down. Really? Even though it was nominated for an Academy Award? Yeah. Uh, they said that uh, it needed more Mickey, and they played it too safe. They played it too safe. It's a 25-minute story <laughs> that they played too safe. Okay. Well, I can't say things. So I guess um, <laughs> I guess they played it too safe. It's possible. Maybe. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Uh, but I think uh, more Mickey is always... I guess it's good. Now I think about it, and I'm like, ah, Mickey's fine. But then thinking about it since he hadn't been in stuff for so long, to have him just have that tiny part, then I can understand that. So uh, we'll go over some of the uh, the creative credit and some of the voice acting. Let's do it. Uh, now, obviously, the main character is Scrooge McDuck. Yes, one of my favorite characters in, in, in all of Disney. Which created by Carl Banks. And... It's no coincidence he was inspired by the character Ebenezer Scrooge, so it yeah. works out perfectly to make him the main character playing the Scrooge part. Yeah. Now, he's uh, voiced in this by the late Alan Young. Yeah. Have you ever seen he, Alan Young in any movies? Uh, he's been in plenty of movies. Um, yeah, I didn't answer my question. Uh, I'd have to... Well, let me look have at Have his... you seen him in any movies? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look him up and see if I've seen any of his movies. So the reason I ask, right, is because another one of my favorite movies is uh, the Time Machine, and in uh, the Time Machine, the the original Time Machine, yeah, yeah, and uh, in that he's in that original Time Machine, and obviously I'd seen Scrooge McDuck way uh, before I'd seen the Time Machine, 
But when you see the time machine or you see him, Alan, in any movie, it, it throws you off. You can only see or hear Scrooge McDuck when he's doing any line he does. And I can't take him serious, even in the time machine. Okay, I, ha- I have seen that. He was also in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Right. Which I've seen. Right. Like you knew that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well versed on uh, Alan Young's portfolio. Now, he's most famously known for, uh, other than he was being the first person to voice Scrooge McDuck. He was also uh, on uh, Wilbur Post on the Mr. Ed show. Right. Do you remember that? You don't remember him being the actual... (laughs) Stop acting like you knew all this before. I've seen plenty of Mr. Ed, bud. Okay? (laughs) So, And I already told you, I'm a big fan of Alan Young and his work. They used to call him uh, the Charlie Chaplin of television over there on the BBC. I, I am well aware of Alan Young, but we're getting a little derailed. But he, you've seen him in a lot of things. But you, again, when you see him, you only hear or see Scrooge McDuck. Now, he went on to voice Alan uh, Scrooge in DuckTales. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually voiced him all the way up till 2015, where unfortunately he passed away the following year. 96. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, it's depressing because almost everybody we're going to talk about is no longer with us, unfortunately. A little depressing if you bring it up and point it out, yeah. He's also the voice of Farmer Smurf on the Smurfs cartoon. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I, I no doubt you're a huge Big time fan. Smurfs fan. And Farmer's probably your favorite, right? Farmer wasn't my favorite. Smurfette was my favorite. But uh, Farmer was my second favorite. We're going to go into the legend himself, uh, Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. who obviously was created and originally voiced by the late, great Walt Disney. Yep. Wayne Alwyn did his voice. The late. Uh, Wayne Allen. Wait, what? Like, great. Yeah. Now, this was his first time voicing Mickey Mouse. He did a good he, job. He was the third person to lend his voice to Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. And he still holds the record for the longest running Mickey Mouse. Interesting. Interesting. Donald was the original, right? He was like the only one left. He sounded well, like he. Before we get to Donald, there's one more fun fact about, uh, about Wayne. He was married to Russie Taylor. Who, believe it or not, voiced Minnie Mouse. Minnie, Minnie Mouse, right. Now, uh, <laughs> remind me later on when we get to the actual cartoon. There's uh, something about Rusty Taylor I want to mention, but it, it would be kind of a spoiler. Got it. Now, Donald Duck, as you had said, uh, he was uh, created by uh, Dick Lundy and Walt Disney. And Clarence Nash did his voice. And you are correct. He was the original um, Donald Duck. Right. And it's weird. Well, of all of the original characters that, of all the characters, classic characters of Walt Disney that show up in this, he was the only original voice that was still with us when this was produced. I knew that. Uh, I'm sure you did. (laughs) I did know that. I did know that. You could tell. I mean, if you really listen to it, you can tell. And unfortunately, this was the last time he did the, he voiced Donald Duck. He passed away in 1985, two years after this was released. He, it's, it's, it's very difficult to understand him. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's his shtick, right? But I, it's just very difficult to understand what he's saying. And, and Scrooge is so clear. Like, and it's just his co- it's his nephew. So, I don't know. Uh, but it is very difficult to understand him. And I think they cleared up his the way he talks uh, later on and makes him a little bit more understandable. I've never understood that Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Donald Duck are all nephews of Uncle Scrooge. But also, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are uncles, nephews. Uh, they call him Uncle Donald. Right. So what's going on? What's the relationship of these characters? So um, if, you, uh, if, you, if you look back, uh, you'll find out. And, and this is probably something about ducks. They're all called uncles. If you like ducks, little ducks start out as ducklings. And then you have big ducks. But ducks as a family are actually called uncles. So that's why... They call them nephews and, and, and ducks as a general. If you look it up, ducks in general are called uncles. So that's why they have those two as always uncles. All right. Well, there you go. Hmm? Now, uh, Goofy, who's the last person we're going to discuss in this, uh, he was uh, created by uh, Walt Disney and uh, Pinto Coving. don't know who that is. Well, we finally found something you didn't know. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Not late, sure about that one. <laughs> the late, great Hal Smith. Did the voice of Goofy. Oh. Now, he, uh, his most famous role was he was Otis Campbell on the Andy Griffith show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, he was the second person to voice Winnie the Pooh. Hmm. He was the voice of Coil Man on The Impossibles. Yep. Which is... <laughs> I know you've never seen The Impossibles before. Cartoon, right? Yes. Yeah, I've seen it. An obscure late 60s, early 70s, Hanna-Barbera superhero cartoon. 69 to 71, I think it ran. But yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> okay. And uh, he was also, he appeared in the Three Stooges Meet Hercules, which I thought was pretty interesting. The live action. Yes, the live action. Back when the Stooges kind of kept going and then they were making some weird kind of movies later on in life. that I didn't like the Stooges. I never did. Really? Yeah, I never got it. Just never got it. Did, did, did you like them? I love the uh, or the classic Three Stooges. Really? I just, it's beyond me. Beyond me. So, so it's pretty exciting and uh, it's Christmassy, so uh, I'm excited to watch a Christmas special. Yep, me too. Let's pop it on. Now, you're not a Disney guy. You're not a Disney adult, as they say, though, correct? Oh, no. I Am I one of those weirdos who needs to go to Disney every year and talk about it all the time and get my bracelets and set everything up? No, 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 no. No. For, it's it's a lot of money, uh, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of standing in lines, uh, even with the little fast pass thing there still. It's a lot of money. A lot of times, I just, just nothing, nothing does nothing. I've been to Disney several times, uh, mostly when I was younger, though. Uh, but yeah, just doesn't do much for me. Okay, uh, but Christmas and this particular Disney cartoon does a lot for you. This particular one does, yeah. All right, so we're gonna take our break. Ray and myself are gonna watch Mickey's A Christmas Carol, fill ourselves with good tidings and good cheer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. A Dickens classic gets a Disney twist. It's Mickey, Donald, the whole Disney gang. I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Together again in a brand new featurette. I thought you'd be taller. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Plus, where is she? The Rescuers. It's full-length Disney animation at its finest and funniest. Bail out. Bail out. Rated G. Starts Friday at the Bay Theater and in nearby towns. Check your local listings. Christmas to all, and to all a good, huh? Oh. We made these just for you. <laughs> this Christmas, you can find Doughboy Bean Toys at your local grocery. just watched mickey's christmas carol i hope you did you think it's like a time capsule for you does it take you back to the party it makes me feel like a kid again it really does every single time i watch it i do have to fight some of the older feelings that run through me about capitalism and how it kind of closely relates but i i push those aside and i feel really nice about that so 
Yeah. I hope everybody else did watch it too. You got that classic song at the beginning. They, you know, they came up with their own original. You know, the yep. Sounds Christmas like Halo. Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. Now we're not going to go super in debt because I got to say, I, I understand a little bit now what Siskel and Hebrew were saying and is that they follow this, the story pretty closely and just tighten it up for 25 minutes. Right. They had to fit it in before a movie. So they were trying to rush things a little bit, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they go into, they don't give the ghosts enough time. They don't give the ghosts enough time. Now, uh, we're going to get into a little bit more, but really the highlight of this is, is, is Scrooge. Like, absolutely. Without him, I think. Star of the show. Yeah. Like, he carries this thing. Without him, it would be a lot, it would seem a lot more like just another generic retelling of, uh, mm-hmm. of, uh, Uncle Scrooge. I mean, like, He's got the great line at the beginning where he says how uh, you know how Marley uh, was such a class act. He swindled the the poor and robbed widows. Yeah, he left enough money to, for a tombstone, but I had him buried at sea. Yeah, crosses out uh, crosses out the name Marley. Doesn't go by another sign. Just leaves the name Marley on the sign, but crossed out. <laughs> yeah, he's really mad at uh, Cratchit, who is. Uh, Played by Mickey Mouse, that he used a piece of coal last week. Yeah, and uh, the you wonder why in this Mickey is pl- kind of plays that role, right? I think it maybe just to squeeze him in, but it's a weird role to have Mickey play. Yeah, kind of a whipping boy, especially for something that he hasn't been in for so long. You got the classic, you know, he wants Christmas off, which Scrooge is appalled by. Yep, he ends up doing it, but uh, he uh, he's gonna dock him half Cuts a day's break. Cut yeah. him a break, yeah. <laughs> and there's that great line about how he said, uh, when Mickey explains how much he makes, and he's like, remember, you gave me that raise three years ago. And he said, oh, yeah, <laughs> that extra hay penny. Now, I've always wondered in every version, why is Scrooge so, why is he, he's a money lender. You're going to open on Christmas? Like, who's going to come to a money lender on Christmas Day? Well, there wasn't any computers, so they need to be doing their books 24-7. He's got a lot of money, people coming to him for loans. A lot of stuff needs to be done. He's got one employee. Yes, he does. I guys, I, he just made me laugh. Like He is full of like great reactions and one-liners, the whole, yep. the whole thing. Terrific. Where he's counting up the money, he's like, uh, plus the 80% interest rate compounded daily. What? This guy is, uh, he's definitely a, a miser, as they say. As they say. This is probably the first time I saw him also, I should say. I didn't see him before the DuckTales, but go on. This is the first, my introduction to Scrooge was this movie. Now, uh, Donald shows up and plays his, uh, his nephew, Freddy. Now, here's something that, I don't know, how, do you know, I didn't know this for years, how Freddy and Scrooge are related? No. Scrooge's sister is Freddy's mother. Got it. So it's but, his nephew. Yeah, but for Again, so many, like this version, the uh, the I'm pretty sure the uh, Mr. Magoo version leaves this out. Like uh, the, like so many different versions leave out that uh, Ebenezer Scrooge had a sister. Yeah, didn't know that. Didn't one of the few things we finally found. Yeah, and apparently his dad really she was his favorite. You know, she didn't get sent to boarding school like Ebenezer did. Yeah, well, she's a girl. And Ebenezer, isn't that, that's just an old man's name. You hear it and you think old man automatically. You think old name now in 2023, but, you know, you think probably a sophisticated gentleman back in 1843. Now, you know, of course, Donald, Freddie, whatever you want to call him, he's all, he's trying to invite him for Christmas. He's all excited. Mm-hmm. Why is Scrooge, Scrooge is appalled that Cratchit is applauding? He he's appalled that uh, that they even ask him to go to dinner with his family, and why even ask if you know he's going to say no? And uh, one of the things he talks about for the food is, uh, I think it was goose with chestnut sauce, sugar plum, honey dressing, or something. Yeah, like I don't know, I, I, chestnut sauce doesn't sound very good to me. Have you ever had it? No, none of it. I've had candy fruit sugar cakes, but I haven't had uh, any. I haven't had the other one. But I love this is my favorite line when he he lists all the food and he's like, "You'd like me to come?" And then he's like, "Are you daft, man?" He teases him. Uh, he gives him a, a good hope spot there. 
And then uh, they take off. And then these other guys, you know, the classic guys who come to try and collect money for the poor, which he can't give them money because if he gives them money, they won't be poor anymore. And then these poor guys will be out of a job. <laughs> he was being a nice guy. Give the guy a break. He was even on Christmas Eve. He was still trying to help. He didn't want to give him money. He wanted to teach a man. He wanted to teach him how to fish. Instead and, of giving <laughs> Which leads to probably my <laughs> another line I love where he says, what's the wrong, Cratchit? You work your whole life for money, and people want you to give it away. It's a true line. Like, I felt that when he said that. I did uh, I did feel that. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's one of those adult things that I had to push away. And if you kind of get a, the point. He works on Christmas Eve by himself till 9 p.m. Yeah. He's, he's a workaholic. He's like Vince McMahon. He's a workaholic. That's why he's so rich. You don't get that rich not working. I, I suppose. Mickey tries to uh, uh, leave early, too. Yeah. The clock is two minutes fast, I believe. And that's supposed to make Scrooge like the bad guy. You guys trying to leave work early. Well, it is Christmas Eve. <laughs> okay. He lets him go. What a nice guy. So then we get the classic Goofy is the ghost of Marley. Yep. He's the door knocker where he honks his uh, nose. Yep. Huge door knocker on that door. <laughs> Massive. The, the, the shadow falls him. He even trips on the cane in classic Goofy style. Yep. Good bit. I do love the bit where he's got the chains and the things and one of them's a piggy bank and Scrooge is shaking the piggy bank. Trying to see what's I like that he tickles him. With his yeah. tongue. <laughs> a little tickle. So it seems like the first part is kind of paced well, but once yes. Marley leaves, this thing kicks into high gear. Yes. Yes. That's what I was saying, but they don't give the ghosts enough time uh, at all. Marley gives the speech about how, you know, because uh, he forged these chains in life and he's trying to help Scrooge get out of it. Um, he's going to visit by the three spirits. You all know the story. I don't have to bore you with all the details. He, on the way out, falls down the stairs and does that classic goofy scream. Yep, and he gives him the old, uh, watch that first step, it's a doozy, before yep. he does it, too. Can you do the scream? The, that's uh, the... Kind of. I would, but my voice is rasped. I can't. <laughs> I can't really do it justice, but you, you know it. Yeah, I know. I've, we just watched it. I know it. First... <laughs> that wasn't bad. Thank you. Uh, Jiminy Cricket is the first ghost, the ghost of Christmas Pass. For anybody who doesn't know, Jiminy Cricket is the cricket from the classic Pinocchio. Is that metal, too? Tells him he's the official. Yeah, the official ghost of Christmas Pass. Did you know in the original Pinocchio story, Pinocchio kills uh, Jiminy Cricket with a hammer? Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> he's his conscience. Yeah, sometimes your conscience is annoying. He takes real offense to Scrooge saying, I thought you'd be taller. He does, and he says, uh, "If your if kindness was measured in inches, you'd be an inch taller or something. You'd be no taller than a speck of dust." That's right. And then he bounces and leaves. He takes him to the past, where we go to uh, Fezziwig's party, which Fezziwig is uh, Mr. Toad from the classic Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I love that appearance of Toad. Is that a fact? I do. This is the only glimpse we get of Huey, Dewey, and Louie is in this scene as well. Yeah, rescue rangers too. Oh yeah, they do show up as well. So everyone's at this party where he meets Daisy, the love of his life. Daisy is very, um, she's very uh, uh, promiscuous looking. I don't, know, I don't know what I can say here, but she's very, she's very good looking for a duck. For, for a duck. For a cartoon duck, yeah. Uh, but he ends up blowing it because. Um, she want, well, Not at the party later on. She wanted him to marry her to go to their honeymoon cottage. But she Ten years a, they were together. Ten years. Ten years. And, but she was an hour late on the last mortgage payment. <laughs> then he foreclosed on her. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, nice guy. He's a nice guy. The things that, were probably on the outs before that, I'm thinking, but. Well, ten years and they're not married still? Yeah, I'd probably say so. and Especially in that time period. She's just a floozy. Like I said from the start, she took the long train from Philly. <laughs> hold on, hold on. She's a floozy? Like, she wanted to marry the guy. He wouldn't do it. I mean, she looks like a floozy, and that's probably why I wasn't marrying her. And they don't say that they were concurrent those 10 years. They just say 10 years. He's paying for her place. You know what I'm saying? You, you do the math. Maybe 
Maybe they weren't together together. Maybe she was just more of a, a, a guma, as uh, they say. He gets the most screen time of the three ghosts. It gets like shorter and shorter as we go. Yep. Because next we go to the ghost of Christmas present, which is the giant from the Mickey and the and the Beanstalk. Which is weird. A little weird. I think it's just because he was. They wanted somebody big, so they picked him. Yeah, and then he shows them all the food, which is odd. Yes, which one of the things I thought was odd. He said chocolate pot roast. With pistachios. No, he didn't say that. He, well. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Care to enlighten my listeners what he says? You see, he tries to say pistachio, but he <laughs> fumbles it. He says, and then he just says yogurt. So I don't know. Maybe it wasn't pistachios. What is chocolate pot roast? I don't know what kind of shit they're eating here, but it's disgusting. It looks like. It's just, and it's all got a gold film to it. I don't know. All set. Gross. Uh, you know what? It's also uh, takes place in England, right? In yeah, Britain? Yeah, correct. So maybe that's just some weird shit. I know they eat a lot of mince pies out there. So in a strange moment when they're walking the streets, he takes a, a street light as a flashlight. Yeah, because he's huge. A little weird because pretty sure in 1843 they were using gaslight. It could be... It could be just uh, one of those things that they uh, forget to put in or leave out. But then, uh, you know, and then there's a the classic bit where he, he uh, goes to the wrong house, uh, hears a woman scream. Uh, he opens the roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the Cratchit's house. Yep. Yeah. Which they decorate in their tree with yep. uh, what looks like popcorn. Yeah, I think so. It looked, I think it was popcorn. But then at the same time, they don't have enough food to eat, so but they're decorating their tree with food. I like how uh, the line about when he looks on, he's like, what are they cooking? A canary? That's your laundry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> then, then he says, oh, look, it's on the fire, and they have food cooking, and it says, that's your laundry. <laughs> the reason he gave Mickey the raise was because Mickey agreed to do his laundry. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is why I wanted to bring up Russie Taylor. Now, you notice Mickey is married to Minnie Mouse. Right, who doesn't say a word. No line of dialogue. Now, supposedly, she recorded dialogue for this, and for whatever reason, did not make the final cut of the movie. Well, what was, you know, we don't have any idea. It's been like 65 years, 75 years. Uh, you know, I looked it up. I, I looked around, and I could find that she supposedly did record dialogue for this, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a time constraint or whatever, all her dialogue was cut from the final project. Yeah, again, it could be just trying to squeeze stuff in, I guess. It could be it. You know, and then you get, of course, the classic, you know, Tiny Tim. You know, he's uh, very sad. He's on his crutch, but he, he never lets it get him down. Nope. No high but chair for the kid either. He shares his food with Mickey because he sees that Mickey doesn't have as much. He's just eating a pee. Yeah. And then, just like that, he asks if it, he's going to be all right, but then that ghost just vanishes. He's gone. And Scrooge is engulfed in what initially you think is fog. No. But it is not. With a, with a uh, tombstone. Yeah. It's, uh, the, I don't know if you say the ghost of Christmas yet to come or the ghost of Christmas future. But uh, he shows up smoking a big cigar. And we are in hyperspeed to the end. Yes. <laughs> we are in a dead sprint to the end. Uh, which ends up being Pete, even though you don't know that at first. Same size. Um, and there's a lot of uh, tombstones that have names on them, I noticed. I, I, I tried to pause and read some of them, but can't read them. But I know they have some, they look like some people's names that are probably in real life. I watched a video on it that pointed out some. And, and one was one of the animators. I can't remember his name. And inexplicably, Gladys Knight is one of the tombstones. From the Pips. Yes, from the Pips. <laughs> right, yeah. Of course. Of course. Disney's big on Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the classic, you know, that uh, the weasels are laughing at this guy who died that nobody came to see him. Dickheads. <laughs> They're like, oh, we'll take a break. He's not going nowhere. That's <laughs> right. And the, they, got the, they got him out there working in the middle of the night, <laughs> shuffling this. Can't wait till daytime. Take a break. Which apparently is Christmas, by the way. Christmas night, digging the graves. Yeah. Then and he I knocks thought, him down. I thought I read back then that, and I could be wrong, that they would have freeze bodies for months at a time because the ground was too cold for primitive shovels to dig graves. I don't know how true that is. That's true. It's 100% accurate. 
But then you see that the the Cratchit family there and poor Tiny Tim is in fact succumb to his illnesses. Yeah, well, she's she's kind of she's a little shitty, a little shitty. I and mean, he was uh, probably Mickey probably feels bad that he was taking food from an ill kid. I'm sure, that doesn't make <laughs> him feel good. It was just a a piece of uh, the little uh, little goose, or I don't know if it's turkey. Now he's dead. He asked the spirit, "Whose lonely grave is this?" Which, of course, he lights up the match to reveal it's Ebenezer Scrooge. And he finally sees his fate. Yep, and he says, uh, "It's yours, Ebenezer, the richest man in the cemetery." And then knocks him into it and has the greatest heel laugh, maybe of all time. <laughs> he does. With a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> like Scrooge is clawing his way trying to get out and uh, he is just laughing. He thinks it's the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good laugh. Great heel laugh. But he Scrooge wakes up and he's actually back in his own uh, house. Yep. Which they cut out the classic, you know, where he asked the kid, you know, uh, what day is Christmas? What day is it today? Yep. Yep. He does open the window though, which is normally where he says it, but he doesn't say it. Uh, makes me think that that scene is animated or at least scripted and they decided to cut it out. Uh, right, because they had time constraints. Same problem Mickey. Yeah. That's why Minnie couldn't talk. He's about to leave, but he's got his coat hat and his uh, his uh, night dress on. He's not enough. Not he's enough like, for him to go out there. I can't go out like this. And then he grabs his cane. Now he's good. He's got the old top hat with the hobo top open. I love that. <laughs> Half of it looks like a can that's top open the top. Now uh, he runs into those uh, those guys collecting money for the poor on Christmas morning. On right Christmas outside morning, his house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up giving him a hundred gold sovereigns, more than a hayseed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but not a penny more. Uh, he also runs into Freddie to let him know he's going to be showing up for Christmas dinner at two p.m. prompt. Right, Freddie out on his horse. Running yeah. through the town for milk, I guess, in the middle of the morning of Christmas morning. But he tells me he's confused. Freddie's confused that he's going to be there because he didn't have a place set for him. So now oh. it's going to be rush, rush, rush. Am I going to have to hear about it from the wife? Your shitty uncle's coming over. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Christmas is ruined. Yeah, because you know she doesn't believe that he's not, you know, the miserable jerk he's been. Because <laughs> he probably is always telling him how nice he is. He's a great guy. <laughs> But then he does end up at the Cratchit's house. First, he puts on the big act that uh, that he's mad at him for not showing up to work on Christmas. Yeah. Tiny Tim sees right through it, though, because uh, Teddy Bear falls out. Yeah. And then he says, I got no choice but to. And he says, give you a raise. And make him a partner. And make him a partner. So that's going to be, he's going to have to get a new sign. <laughs> he can't scratch off the Scrooge and Marley anymore. Guy's in his underwear and pajamas on Christmas morning delivering toys and making you his partner. He probably thought it was probably a little delusional. And of course, then it ends like all everyone does with the classic line. You know what it is. God blesses everyone. Yep. And then God bless everyone. It says the end. Now, here's an interesting fact. All Disney cartoons used to end with the end on the screen. Yep. After this, they didn't do it again until Aladdin. Interesting. Interesting. What was that, 1994? Yeah, I think it was 94. That's the good year. That's that's the movie year. It always default if it's a good movie in the 90s, 94. Oh, yeah, that's Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Quiz Show. Yep. They, he brought him a turkey. He did bring him a big turkey. Put it in the bag of toys, though. It was a loose turkey. <laughs> That he brought with him. Which, uh, I guess the butcher shop is, is open on Christmas Day? He cooked that son bitch at his house and popped it in a bag <laughs> and brought it over with the teddy bears and the trains and everything else he had. Yeah, Minnie was probably like, excuse me? The guy coming over thinking my turkey's not going to... So, sure, she, I'm sure her and uh, she also didn't like Scrooge. But. <laughs> and there you have it. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Always good. Always uh, fills me uh, with lots of joy to watch anything Christmas. Yeah. Yep. It's almost impossible to make a bad Christmas movie or TV show. Yeah, this, it is. Uh, it, it's been done, but it's very difficult. To, I'm sure Hallmark has a lot. 
You had uh, I know there's probably a Tyler Perry one out there that's not very good. There must be a, a Medea Christmas. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's not good. Uh, a lot of the horror ones aren't good. Uh, some I there's a few I have that I love, and then some that eh, not so much. What's the Goldberg one? Uh, that's Santa's sleigh. Santa's sleigh. Yeah. <laughs> That one's all right. That one's a little so ridiculous. It's all right. Well, before we get to a ranking, uh, do you think this is the greatest adaptation of a Christmas Carol of all time? No, no, no. I'd have to. I'd probably I'd be in for the reasons we said because it, it's in. It is in hyperspeed at the end of that movie uh, or show or whatever, uh, and doesn't give me enough time. So no, I don't think it's the best adaptation. I think it's very good. Uh, but I don't think it's the best. But it might be your personal favorite. Do you or Scrooge your Scrooge is probably my personal favorite, and then this. All right, all right. Well, we're gonna go to the spectrometer and rank it. Oh, excellent! Let's go on the spectrum. Anybody new to the show? The spectrometer. Oh, I'm sorry. We rank. We rank what we just saw. Zero spectros, garbage. Mm-hmm. Four spectros doesn't get any better. Ray, you picked it, so you start us off. What are you going to give Mickey's Christmas Carol? Four spectros. Four perfection. It's a, it's a it's it's your classic Disney Christmas. There's Mickey. There's Scrooge. There's Donald. It's groofy. Yeah, like, I don't know how you give it a bad rating. You didn't think it was too safe? I think they might have played it a little bit safe. I, I do feel like that, but I'm also okay with them playing a little bit safe. It was before a movie, uh, and they were rushing it, and it, they probably put that together not thinking it was going to be much of anything. They were like, let's, let's just make a little short, and then it was up for an Academy Award. And uh, you don't think it was lacking, too too much lacking of Mickey? Uh, no, I'm not a big fan of Mickey, actually. I think they should have called it Walt Disney's Christmas Carol, and then that complaint wouldn't exist. I agree with that. That's a good point. You could have just taken Mickey out of it, but Mickey sells. Yeah, I suppose Walt Disney does too, but Mickey probably sells more. Mickey puts asses in seats. so He does. He keeps them on the edge of him too. I'll go three. I enjoyed it. It's not perfect. It needs a little work. It's very rushed. Yeah. If you didn't have Scrooge, Scrooge is perfect. He carries the whole thing. He he has it, the rest of it in a backpack. But uh, he's the highlight. I enjoyed it. Good. A lot of funny one-liners. We, like we said, yeah, it's a good movie. It's good. Three is fair. Three is fair. Uh, I mean, why, would you say it goes up to four? Four is perfection. Yeah. Okay. Can I make a suggestion? Another one. I just the guys on my show like once every other year, and he wants to. <laughs> All right, look, fire away. Here, every time I'm on question. the show, I make a suggestion. All right, let's hear it. And we're at 114 shows right now. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Go to five, you know, maybe, maybe to a hundred something. Why you go to four? How about you tell me? Why do you go to four? Because I think four stars is four and five are both great. You know, like it's, it's too, it's too wide of a range. You got, I, I want people to have to make a decision, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get is, it. is this, I don't, I don't like wishy-washy answers. I want to be like, this is perfect or this is pretty. Do you allow decimals, decimal points? I've allowed decimals oh, or fra- fractions or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All right. That's fine. I believe uh, Brian Malonis, who you know, is still the only person in history to give something zero. Oh, what do we, what do you give him zero to? Uh, the New Adventures of He-Man. Oh, that's it's probably a zero. The ni- <laughs> the 90s He-Man reboot. Yeah, that's very bad. So he's probably, I mean, it's possible. What'd you all think out there? Did you like it uh, less than myself and Ray? Did you like it more? If you, uh, if you have a difference of opinion, that's just fine. I'm all about discourse and discussion and debate. So uh, co- go to my social media and let me know what you thought. You can find me at Matt Spectra on Twitter. Follow me while you're there. And you can also find me on Facebook, Matt Spectra Through the Multiverse. Follow me there as well. If you're so inclined, you can even find me on Hive. I go there on occasion at Matt Spectro, all lowercase letters. Hive. It's a Twitter knockoff that, uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, period of time where uh, every day on Twitter uh, they were convinced Elon Musk was going to crash and burn the site and it was, wasn't going to be on the next day. So like five alternative things keep popped up. And you so jump right on board. I went on that one. Uh, I go on an occasion. It doesn't have a lot of activities. But you can find and like me there. 
Well, Ray, I want to thank you for... Uh, thank you. It's been a long time, but I, I really appreciate you coming back on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate being able to come on, review a great movie, come on during... You picked me during the, uh, a very important time of year, Christmas. Uh, so I, I do appreciate that. I appreciate uh, being able to show that I was actually the Batman... <laughs> Uh, master and did know more than Jamie, who probably clearly paid you uh, to give him some softball questions. So I do appreciate being able to show Jamie up, uh, and I and I had a good time. Thank you that's, so much. Uh, that's still debatable, but uh, no, not up for debate. I think is what you mean to say. Go on. <laughs> but uh, one day we'll get you both on the show and solve this once and for all. I'd love to. I'd love to. How's tomorrow? <laughs> now I want you all to, uh, if you could, also uh, subscribe to my podcast. Uh, give it a five-star review, share the podcast. I appreciate it. Gets in front of uh, more eyeballs if you can do that for me. And I have a guest every episode. So if you're a comic fan or an animation fan, you'd like to come on, hit me up on social media and let me know what you think. Well, Ray, uh, once again, I want to thank you and I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. I hope you have a Merry Christmas too. Uh, Matthew, I don't want to confuse anybody, but I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And again, thank you for having me on. Uh, you have yourself a happy New Year as well. Don't forget the Twilight Zone Marathon on New Year's Eve and day. And uh, thank you all for joining us and tune in again next time for another exciting episode of Matt Spector to the Multiverse. Merry Christmas, everyone. Multiverse. Multiverse.